Now, we've got Dr. David Tabret in here, Daniel Carrington. And Daniel, you've brought in a guest today because we are going to have a look at the dog attacks because we've had a few, one locally, even last night. Mel and I actually planned this uh, interview from uh, no, the weekend, wasn't it? After the weekend. And we thought this is an important subject. So Mel Kerr is from Balance Paws Dog Training. And I wanted to talk about the seriousness of what's happened mm. with these dog attacks on children. Over the, over the past three, three, four days, we've had three attacks in New South Wales. And how they can be avoided. We're going to have a quick mm. break and then we're going to come back and look at that. Because I think most of us these days, you know, we have dogs as pets. Yes, and, we do. And we have kids. So. And these dogs that have attacked have been pets. They've mm. been someone's pets. So right. why has this happened? Now, we're going to have a look at it because there's been three attacks in the last few days in New South Wales alone. We're talking about dog attacks. Um, and one happened last night in Mayfield. So, um, Daniel Carrington, you're here. You've brought Mel in. What? Uh, look, we've had the attack in Victoria where a 10-year-old girl was at home with her 7-year-old sister and a, a, a bull mastiff dog and the parents supposedly away at a gym and the dog had gone berserk and attacked the 10-year-old girl. Terrible, terrible uh, tragedy. Another one in, in Varel, north of, north of us here in New South Wales, and uh, where the one-year-old, or was it 18-month-old child, is now passed away mm, because of the, the, the attack. Awful. And then one here at Mayfield last night where the child was uh, on his bike at 6.30pm and a dog ran out and attacked him and I uh, don't know the current situation of how the child is going. Last heard um, non-life-threatening. Okay. So, you know, fingers crossed that he is going to be okay. I guess uh, coming from a very heavy dog background, uh, uh, you know, people on the show that listen know that I have uh, Weimaranas. I have seven of them. I also have a three-and-a-half-year-old twins. But mm. as a responsible pet owner, I, for myself, even though I know the lineage of the dogs I'm breeding and I know their temperaments and they're all quite good and happy and they love the kids... I would never, ever leave my, my children unattended with the dogs. And even when I'm feeding my dogs, I don't have the children close by. I'm very careful, being very responsible. And I think it boils down to the responsibility of owners. Uh, um, and I think that's what we'll talk about in regards to this and of how we, we can be responsible in what we're doing with the environment and with our dogs. What about, what about you, Mel? What can you add to this? Um, I totally agree. Mel, just me, oh, yep. sorry. make sure you talk into that microphone. Um, I totally agree with it about being um, owner responsibility and also parent responsibility. Um, there's only so much we can teach young children, especially toddlers that aren't fully understanding yes. what we're saying and what we mean. Um, if that's the case and it's really young children, it's more of a management issue on the parents' part. So as Danny said, supervision. And my belief is if you cannot have your eyes on your children and your dogs, they're not together. So you even if you're in the same it. room, but you're not actually able to watch them, it's just not worth it, as we've seen in the last four days. And Mel, why do you think uh, some of these attacks could have happened? Um, there's lots of reasons dogs attack. Um, generally, dogs don't want to attack us. They will give us lots of signals. Um, and I'm guessing that these dogs gave off quite a few signals before the actual attack happened. Um, it's generally owner error or human error that we've misread dogs. So um, I don't like to speculate what could have happened. Because I think the boy in Mayfield was just on his bike. I'm, I'm not too sure of the details, but I thought that he was on his bike and the, it was a neighbour's dog yeah. that's just come yeah. out. So that possibly, and I'm saying possibly because I didn't see it and I haven't heard a lot about the actual incident, 
but the the little boy riding past could have triggered some um, prey drive instinct in that dog, mm. and that's what happened. And we don't know if the dog jumped the fence or was it was just it loose out? and yeah. what, what yeah. wasn't the owners weren't, weren't responsible by making sure the gate was closed Correct. when they came in through the Correct. front gate or anything like that. Yeah, And that's the other thing about owner responsibility. It's up to us to make sure our dogs are under our full control at all times. And there, to me, there's no excuse for that. Um, if you know your dog is, has a bad recall, it doesn't go off lead. Mm. It's it's simple. It's not hard. Because it only takes a split second, and as we, we've seen, you know, it can cause a fatality. Mm. Well, the way I see it, um, Sarah, is the DNA of, of the domesticated dog is still 97% wild dog, okay? Uh, yes, they're domesticated, but something can trigger. Just like in humans, uh, we have... We have mental health issues as well, and there could be triggers that could trigger a certain type of behaviour. Why can't dogs have that same kind of um, trigger as well, which they do? And I think, you're, Mel, you were saying there's a lot more new studies coming through now that is looking into this. Yeah, we've we've learned so much about dogs in the last forty to fifty years, and we're still learning about them. Um, and I think it's up to owners to take that responsibility. You know, we bring these furry little beings into our life, mm. but then it stops. We we feed them, we might walk them occasionally, but not a lot of owners make that effort to understand their dog's body language and understand what they're trying to communicate because they are talking to us all the time, all the time. And their body language is quite subtle. Um, so little things like a flick of the tongue or seeing the whites of their eye, their ears going back flat, their body lowering, stiffening, their tail between their legs, that sort of thing. Yep. If we miss all that... That's when a dog bites. So a lot of owners, um, so recently I had a phone call with a person that their 18-month-old was hitting the dog and pulling on the tail and pulling the dog's fur and the dog was growling at the child. Yep. How do I stop that dog growling? That's not on. This Our dog cannot growl at the child. And I said, okay, I, I get that. But what about a, the child? As I can an 18 month old. Dr. David Tabret shaking his yeah. head here. And look, you know what? I can relate. I'm going to put up my hand. I've got an 18 month and a three year old, and it's they tough. play with my Maltese beautifully 90% yeah. of the time. But I tell you, at night when they've got the devil in them, I have to make sure that Gizmo is completely Separated. removed from them yep. because they think it's a, it starts <laughs> off as a game. Yep. But next minute, they, you know, and it's repetition. Mm. Don't put your face near Gizmo. Mm -hmm. You know, leave yep. him alone. Yep. He, he just growled. That is a sign. Yes. he's going to bite, Perfect. move away. And it's, I mean, you can tell them to you blue in the face, but it's repetition with the kiss. Yes. And so this, I have to remove them altogether. Yeah, well, this particular person wanted me to show them how to correct their dog so the dog stopped growling. And I said, okay, yeah, we can do that. I said, but the, war the growl is a warning. Yeah. So if we take away that warning, what happens next? That's right. There is no warning and your child is bitten. Um, that obviously wasn't an ongoing thing for me um, because we weren't kind of on the same page and I'm very passionate about kids and dogs because it's the risks just aren't worth it. Yeah, it's an interesting topic um, and I know we're going to have a look at it a little bit later on, I believe, Dr David Tabret, you're going to have a look at it as well and um, breeds is, is something that's come up in the past as well. I guess one of the things I wanted to um, just mention while we were talking to you, Mel, was, and it's, it's a loaded question, but say... Uh, we're seeing an attack happen or maybe we're being attacked. Is there something we can do or should we do Good something? Good question. Good question. Do I have to answer that? <laughs> 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 um, 
Um, it's it is it's a hard question to answer. Um, even as professionals, it's hard to know what to do when a dog's attacking you. Mm. Um, it's scary. It all happens so quick. A human reaction, and I've done it myself, and it's not the recommended thing to do. Um, is going and pull them apart, and generally you go into the neck. You go for the collar. You may even go for the mouth, like yep. I did this day. I was very lucky, and I do not recommend this at all. I yeah, shouldn't have done it that way, but it was just instinct. I mean, what but, are you going to do, though, when you see a dog attacking a child? Exactly. You're going to go and try and rip it off. Exactly. Your natural instinct is to go in there. The best thing I think is to do is not panic, because panic and screaming and yelling can actually trigger that dog into a worse state than it's already right. in. Right, mm. okay. Um so what do you do with the dog? Like a firm, what do you do? Yeah. It, no, grab it, kick grab it. Grab it from behind. I mean, instinct, if it was a child, you would just go in and grab the child, I think. But yeah. the whole thing about, you know, is the dog going to let go? If you pick yes. that child up, you're going to oh, cause more awful. damage. Yep. Um, I'm hesitant to give advice on this because I don't think there is mm. a right answer for it. It, it depends. It's circumstantial yeah sure sure um but calm remaining calm like the little girl do you remember the little girl that put a hand under the fence and got bitten by oh was it a husky or something i remember listening to her Mm -hmm. talk and she actually talked about how she just stayed calm and she didn't try and pull her hand out what a clever little girl that exactly and i thought wow she's obviously had a little bit of education about dogs so and it's one that we're going to keep talking Mm -hmm. about no doubt so daniel was there anything else you wanted to add there Look, it was mainly that I wanted to uh, add in terms of we are just as responsible as humans as what the dogs are. Mm. Um, Our dogs have been domesticated by us. We've taken ownership of them. It's our responsibility to make sure they're contained when they're supposed to be contained, on a lead when they're supposed to be on a lead, and they go through uh, proper... um, puppy training, adolescent training or aggressive dog training, uh, we do have to be responsible because at the end of the day, they will just do what comes naturally to them. And uh, then obviously, especially being responsible with dogs around our children or other people's children. And teach our kids. Mm. Really teach, like you said, from an early really age. Really teach them. Mm. Keep repeating it over Because we over. can't just blame it on the dogs Mm-mm. and we can't blame it on just a particular breed. Okay? No. It can happen with numerous different breeds. Yeah. Now, Dr. David Tabrit, you've heard um, Daniel Carrington Ooh. have a chat about some of the dog attacks that have been happening recently Ooh. and, yeah. um, you know, what we're responsible for as, as owners. I know it's a huge issue, but look, you've raised some interesting points off air. And one of the things you said, which I've, I always find interesting, there's so many YouTube clips now and little clips mm. on Facebook where you see yep. a kid interacting with a dog or a dog doing something. And it's usually there because it's meant to be funny. But you've said in your profession, the vets are shaking their heads going, that dog's sending out huge signals that it's uncomfortable. You know, the, the, the we've had human tragedy and then usually... Even in non-fatal dog bites, often the dog ends up uh, being put to sleep. And we look, I, I understand and I comprehend yes, what some of that emotion that. is yep. and how that goes. Um, but we're seeing these videos as an example of, oh, look at this cute dog. And often they get shared to various vet groups that I'm commenting in and so on. And the overwhelming theme is this dog is saying back off. This right. dog is giving the signal and, you know, we're seeing babies sitting next to dogs that are showing the whites of their eyes, their lips are drawn back, their ears are down and flat. These are classic signals. Yeah. 
And I, look, fair enough, I'm a vet, I'm trained to see that. And yep. I have to admit, I've been bitten probably five or six times in my career. Uh, interestingly, the worst one was a chihuahua. <laughs> you also told me that, and I did bust out laughing, I'm sorry. And the, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, it's not funny, but at, you're okay. So, I'm okay. You know. Perpetually scared of chihuahuas. <laughs> That's not that's not true, too. <laughs> by the way, uh, the second worst one I had was a cattle dog. So, okay, um, and we'll come back to that in a sec. But yeah, we're seeing these videos as an example, and people are just misreading it. Um, yes, and I th- so I think you know, there's times that I misread a dog, sure, and hence I might get bitten, or obviously as a vet I might be doing something that's a bit more invasive in their space. Um, so there's really. If we learn at an early age, like um, Dan was saying, you know, the education for kids is really the critical thing. Um, and and, and parents, like today's kids are tomorrow's parents, right? Yeah, that's right. So we have to en- enact increasing education and call it a life skill, whatever. It's a survival skill. Yeah. Oh, it is. Even trying to teach them um, when you're out walking to never, ever touch a dog you don't know. You know, if you yes, if but you wanna... Sarah, I've I've seen this now that kids are actually because I've got you know the cutest dog in the world, and I get approached by a lot of people, and they ask, and they ask, and that's I'm a good so thing, right? Because that's what I try and teach the kids is you never mm. touch unless you ask the owner, and they say yes, you can pat. They're generally the dog. all school age, um, you know, like the two year olds and the three year olds will often wander up, and my dog's quite sedate; she barely lifts her head most of the time, but. Um, parents will always ask and then the school age kids are asking on their own that's great you know, can i pat your dog that is great and i i think there is a message that's getting out there but there's a lot of scenarios like we've heard with the terrible story from yesterday uh last night in mayfield the mm. child riding on a bike and dog comes bounding out um and you know Awful. certainly there are triggers for that behavior and so on but these are most dog bites occur they're family pets so they've okay. been in the household for years and years and years, and then something happens. And so as a veterinarian, I often look at these scenarios, and from my point of view as an emergency vet, I don't often get to interact or comment on these. Um, they usually end up at their daytime vet. But the, the things we look are, you know, is this a dog that's in pain? If it's an older dog, does it have an arthritic problem? Yeah. And the kid comes along and pats it on the hip. And the dog turns around and snaps because actually that's really sore. Yeah, and we know how cranky we get when we're in pain. Absolutely. Um, you know, if you go near food, the dog's going to be protective. If you go near people who are favoured by the dog, they may become protective. So absolutely backing up what Danny's been saying is that the training um, for the pet through puppy preschool and then further obedience and, you know, um, any kind of training that occurs in an older pet as well is useful, but more importantly, training for people. And I think the conversation that's occurring in the media is still very useful. There is a push towards this breed-specific legislation, which is basically that we ban certain breeds. But as we've seen with the incident last night, we've had a Great Dane involved. We've had Staffordshire Terriers. Um, that's right. You know, it's, I mean, it's not specific to one breed. All dogs bite. Some dogs can create more harm, and their harm minimization practices uh, is not to ban the dog, but to learn how the dog behaves. Interestingly, there is 
one study that I found, I looked this up yesterday, one study from Manitoba in Canada where they introduced breed-specific legislation and they did see a reduction in the number of serious dog bites. Oh, really? Yeah, by about 30%. Now, that's did, pretty significant. Yeah, it is. It didn't go to zero. And I think that's one important thing. The other thing yeah. is we don't know the demographics. Um, so, you know, there's elements there that we need to look at. You know, what worked, what didn't work. Yeah. But yep. what we do know is that in a lot of circumstances, and one of the concerns with uh, groups such as the Australian Veterinary Association who oppose breed-specific legislation is they're saying that doesn't solve the problem. You know, That's right. If, if everybody thinks, oh, we'll do this, and then the problem's fixed. So we don't have to do the hard stuff. We know dogs are going to bite. That's what they do. That's what they do. So let's uh, take the lessons. Um, we can obviously grieve and, and reflect on what's happened. But we also need to look at evidence for what works. Yeah. And education is where we need to go. Look, we've got Matina from Toronto. You've got a comment about aggressive dogs. You've got quite a l loud line there. Yes, um, I'm speaking on the... Can you take yourself hands-free if you can? It's very loud. Oh, sorry, I can't because I'm in the... Right. Driving. Okay, oh, yeah, what's your comment? Okay, so my niece was down from Queensland many years ago. She was around about 8 to 10. Now, I've got a Maltese. Now, we know all Maltese stories. And I said to her, do not put your face near the dog. Mm -hmm. And she thought it was very, very funny. And so the dog growled at her once. And he snapped at the air the second time. The third time he bit her. And this is all in the parent's view. And yep. I told her three times not to put her face yeah, yeah. That's a, and, and that's a great example. Okay, the dog, first of all, there's a person there saying this is not an appropriate behavior to have your face up near a dog. Okay, there could be a risk. The dog gives a warning. Yep. Gives a, an air bite. That's a second warning. Yep. And the third, third bite. So where's that, you know, it's not a blame scenario, by the way. But it's just saying the dog doesn't have as many brain cells That's it. as the, what the dog people has given do. Off the so, warning. And it is yeah. hard. I'm in that exact situation, that exact one. With, we got with little my kids dog. with your yeah. little dog. And he does the same thing. You know, we have to monitor it all the time, particularly at night when they think it's, you know, they get the devil in them, you know, witching hour, and they think it's funny to torment Gizmo. Mm. Um, and it's hard to know what to do because there's times where Gizzy's climbed up on the top of the lounge sleeping, which I know is probably not great for the hierarchy. He's trying to get away. He's trying to get a cat dog. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> they go up and they're in his face. So as soon as that happens, I have to get the kids away and they go to timeout. They know that that's not on. But then I have to make Gizzy get down from where he is and he has to go to his bed, which is removed. Fair enough. Um, and I don't, know, I don't know if that's the right thing, but that's what we're doing. That sounds pretty safe to me. Yeah. Now, Dr. David Tabret, have you heard of 2NURFM's Dirty Dogs? Oh, that sounds a bit suspicious. I did. I, I listened in last week. I wasn't on, but I listened to the show, of course. This is a fun competition. Look, if you've got – I think we've all had a moment with our pets where whether they've got into the mud in the backyard or whether mm -hmm. they've been into rubbish or what it might be, that one moment where you look at them and you go, oh, my gosh, you are so <laughs> filthy. Dogs just love it. Don't, and you know what? They always do it 
either the day of or the day after their bath. So true. Because they go, hate the smell oh, of it. I know, I know. <laughs> well, that's what we're after. We want you to uh, send us in your pictures of your dirty dog. So we just want to hear a time where your pooch has been in desperate need of pampering. Now, get this. Each month, we're going to have a winner where you will win a spa pamper at Dog Overboard. Oh, and I love it there. Obviously, the most experienced groomers and canine carers in do they Newcastle. Do, do they do people spa? <laughs> Makeovers. You're going to go have a spa while your pooch gets cleaned? I've seen the pool at Dog Overboard that the dogs swim in. It's fantastic. It's pretty good facility there, isn't it? Yeah, it's lovely. It's fantastic. So, look, we do want you to uh, send us in your your pictures of your dirty dogs, and then at the end of the month, Cheryl Shaw from Dog Overboard will announce the monthly winner of the Bath and Dry Package. It's as simple as that. David, you're going to stick one of your dog up there. We've got Gizmo up there looking filthy. Cheryl's got a couple of her dogs up there looking filthy. Yeah, my dog went – we always walked through this creek, and she decided to slide down the muddy bank. So. That, is she white? Is she gone? No, no. She's like a... Well, look, I'll put the photo... Okay. We'll put okay. it up on the webpage. Sounds good. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Now, David, we're looking at allergies in dogs because your dog oh, is suffering at the moment. My, yes. The cutest dog in the world. Bless her little cotton socks. I know. Um, well, I w- went for a walk this morning and there's all this jasmine out, a lot of perfume in the air and so on. Yeah. And it reminded me that uh, a lot of dogs will get these spring, we think of spring, well, they also will get autumn allergies that come up. Okay. Um, with flowering plants and so on. Yeah. And a lot of people ask the question, you know, how can we stop it? What's going on? So uh, the protein off the plant gets into the dog's skin, often on their paws, it'll get in or they inhale it. And it um, actually then goes into their skin, the re- right. or I should say the reaction goes into their skin. So what we see is they'll often get red around the base of their paws, underneath uh, either between the toes or at the back of the pad, and the dogs just become incessantly licking and chewing. Sometimes dogs uh, will have a direct grass allergy where they're actually uh, lying on or contact or walking through long grass. They can actually get irritated on their belly. So a lot of those hairless areas like under the arms and along the belly and in the groin can then start to get inflamed so these are some of the areas that are really affected the quickest fix i find is a cool bath just with water or wiping their skin down to actually take a lot of those pollens and and so on off their skin it's a good thought and a hit of clarentine well <laughs> That might be a topic for another day. <laughs> okay. No, that's good. So, yeah, give them a bath maybe. Give them a wipe You down. might have to do that every day. But, look, it doesn't have to be a big palaver. Just, you know, a wet cloth, just wiping them down to help remove a lot of those things. If you do that every time they go outside, you'll find that a lot of these allergies will be easier to control. They won't disappear, but they'll be easier to control. You're a good pet owner, David. You're on the money there, aren't you? I didn't say I'd do it. (laughs) Just what you should do. (laughs) We're going to go to Mary now from Rutherford. You want to have a chat about your small dog? Yeah, hello. Um, I've got a Maltese Shih Tzu, and she is now 12 years old. Mm -hmm. And she started to almost attack other dogs. Um, So when we're out walking, she never used to do this. And all of a sudden, she started to snap and bite other dogs. Sort of so much so that I won't let another dog in the house anymore. Um, oh. used to have a little friend dog come and visit. Yep. Um, but that doesn't seem safe anymore because she's tried to bite a couple of times. Um, and I'm just a bit, I don't really know what to do. I've given her some anti anxiety stuff. But okay. I'm a bit like, 
Yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of dogs like if we see a change of behaviour, then um, the first thing I would always say is just to make sure health wise we're doing okay because there could be things like, say for instance, chronic kidney disease, chronic li- liver disease can also affect yeah. how, how the bra- yeah. brain works. I've taken up to that, and, you know, had a good checkup, and there doesn't seem to be anything wrong with her. Yeah. Um, you know, we had a um, you know for the last couple of weeks we had her teeth cleaned. Okay. Uh, yep. And no, no luck. She's still having to go at everyone. Well, not us. Well, that's, yeah, other dogs. Yeah, yeah, other dogs, yeah. So sometimes what we'll um, find is it, and it's great that you've actually investigated and had the checkup done, and even the teeth, like you said, if we've got a sore mouth, that could be an issue. So that's great work because you've now taken out the concern about any of those other health problems. So we come back to behaviour, but also mental uh, facility, I guess. Some older dogs, we do recognise that they do suffer what we call canine cognitive dysfunction. Some people call it dementia in pets, and it can actually appear as this kind of change of behaviour altered towards other dogs. Um, It doesn't have to be that, however. And it could be that as an older dog, just being, you know, more protective of, say, you or uh, other family members, the behaviour could be, look, I just want to shoo other dogs away and I don't want them anywhere near me. So there's kind of like a getting a bit cranky in the old age. Yeah. So, But I would still be concerned about looking out for other changes which could indicate cognitive decline. There is some medication that can help with that. Um, if it's just getting cranky in old age then I think you've done the right thing in just saying, let's play it safe, let's kind of keep other dogs away, don't have that other little friend around as much. Maybe finding another way where your dog feels less threatened, so either further away from you, maybe someone else taking them for a little little bit might um, help that along. But it's, it's going to be a little bit difficult to work out the exact cause of what's going on. Some good advice but definitely on the right track there Mary. Yeah. Now look before we go today we need to look at our dog of the week. Now David we've been having a little giggle and Second both going. Second cutest dog. Oh, aside from yours of course. Well in yours I and, suppose and, mine, and our third. third. Yeah. Look Joey you've got to head to our website 2NURFM.com click on more and pet of the week. He's a 10 year old pug. He's looking for his forever home and he's just gorgeous. There's a little video where he's walked over and he looks pretty tired but apparently Apparently he loves a walk. He also loves the quiet life and snoozing on the couch. Um, he's not much of a barker, but he will bark at dinner time. He lets out a little bark because he's that excited by his tucker. It sounds like a Tinder profile. <laughs> I not like some walks, but not too much. It sounds like my perfect match. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll give you a conversation when dinner comes around. <laughs> Exactly right. So, look, go check him out. He's just beautiful. Um, He's got a cute face. And he's 10 years old, so Hmm. he deserves a forever home. How how has he not found one before this? Unbelievable. He's that cute. All right, well, we'll be back next week. See you, David. No worries. Thanks, Sarah.